Hello again, everybody. It is I, out of school quarantine. I am back into the world of sports, and you're listening to CNC Replay. I am Chris. And I'm Corey, and uh, Chris, uh, Noel will be jumping on later in the pod, but it's just, right. the, it's just the boys today. Boys day! Boys day! Just can't wait. Oh, it's going to be great. Now that the women... I'm just kidding. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I didn't say Finally. Anything. I didn't say just... it. Welcome to the domestic beer uh, podcast. This is <laughs> this is gonna be the Bud Light of episodes. Oh no, I want some Bud Heavies. Just kidding. I don't want, <laughs> but... that. I don't want that. Uh, well, uh, Chris, welcome back. Hello. You're... I have not watched sports in a long time. Chris, why That's do you okay. always why do you always say that? I'm just being real. This is going to be a lot of the Corey podcast and me going, no way that happened. Oh, just geez. to forewarn you. It's okay. We're a professional sports podcast. We're, we we are the most professional, actually. Yes. I, we were rated in uh, the Zagat uh, podcast review as uh, most Maybe professional. Uh, no, I, all I know is that like that's like the a food uh, thing that rates food and like steak and shake. Zagat. Yeah, Steak and Shake apparently has some really good milkshakes, according to that survey from 2012. Anyway. Um, no. <laughs> Don't buy it. Chris, did you – do you like Bo Burnham at all or no? I love Bo Burnham. Did you see the the inside outtakes? I have not watched all of it. I've watched like 10 minutes of it. Okay, did you get to the part where it was uh, the podcasters? Or no? Yes. He killed, bro. <laughs> he murdered. That's, that's us. He just can't say anything anymore. That's us. Right now. Technically, <laughs> technically speaking, this this is this is this is us right now. Whoopsies! I'm very excited. Well, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm I'm pumped beyond belief. I'm um, pumped. But anyway, Chris. Yep. Tell me about sports. You you want me to tell you about sports? This is, this <laughs> is just, about sports. There's there is a podcast where the, I've listened to it and it was incredible. I can't remember what it was called, but like the podcast is just entirely it's just two dudes, two comedians, mm-hmm. and they tell each other like stories like from history, but the other huh. the other person has no idea. So like each per, like every week like one of one of the hosts will present a story and the guy just listens. So basically this is going to be our installment. This is going to be it. This is it. <sighs> tell me about the history of sports this past week in Detroit. Yes, I will tell you about the history of sports. So, well, also to uh, inform the viewers that are still out there. Um we did not film or record last week uh because uh busy. Um people were not free to do things. Busy. I was I don't even know what I was I was like I was all over the place. I was out of town. And then I'm not going to be on next week because uh, I will be in another country. Um, but what? I'm going to Belize for a uh, vacation. For, no, just for kidding. job. I know, just for, for a job? For, no, for Highmark, dude. Oh, I was like, what, dude? Oh, okay. What? Are you streaming from Belize? No, I can't. I'm, oh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You're not going to be able to do that. I mean, I, I could attempt, but that's probably not No, that's not a joke. Work. Don't do that. <laughs> you never know. I'm just somehow, kidding. somehow, I would still be able to watch more sports than you would, while in, yeah, in, among in in Belize, in Belize, yeah, that's hilarious. Um, but anyway, so we're back. 
we're going to give mm -hmm. you all the details because actually quite a bit happened. Um, and we'll start with our favorite horrible, horrible team, the Detroit Tigers. Um, Which one? Oh. <laughs> all of them, uh, yeah. essentially. Um, I don't even know where to begin every week because I just always get so upset every time I talk about this team. So uh, let's start with the bad <laughs> boys. <laughs> Noelle's going to be pissed. She's going to listen to this. She's going to be like, what is wrong with the two of you? See now we're we're off we're off the chain. Whoops. We're yeah. No one is controlling. No chain. Not we are free. Not a single. Not a single person. I know. But, um, I want to talk about the comments that Chris Illich had about the state of the Tigers. So we'll talk about later about the Red Wings' new uh, head coach hire. Um, but during that press conference, I just saw Minions yesterday. Oh, you did. Yeah. Was it good? It was good. Did you go in a full suit? I did not. I wish oh, I did. Gentle minions. I should have. But um, Lond, Lond was there. So that was good. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. We'll get to Thank that. Thank you. Um, but uh, Chris was asked the question of, oh, how do, you, how, how do you evaluate the Detroit Tigers at this current point? And the quote, roughly, was like, he, he's – Excuse me. He is he is uh, pleased with the progress, and then he just said some like fluff words of like so on and so forth, and and didn't really give any sustenance to his answer. But but he looked at the current state of the Detroit Tigers right now, and said he was pleased. Nope. 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 How tone deaf do you have yeah. to be? Like I'm. You gotta be a new level of stupid. I don't even think I can get mad because it's just like this is this is an owner who's completely out of touch or just is is blatantly lying to everybody. Like I'm not gonna yell, I'm not gonna scream, mostly because the quote was from like a week ago. Um, but you either have to be the dumbest person alive to think that this is progress. This season especially is progress. I don't think the Tigers have finished above third place since uh, Alavila took over as GM yeah, in the division. No, that was like eight no. years ago. Yep, and that's progress. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's quite bad. It's quite bad. I think what happened is is he got the deal with the NFL for Little Caesars, and uh, at that point everything is just good to him. He's like, oh yeah, life's good. Life's good. Everything's good. Progress is good. Uh, I'm making a lot of money. Everything's good. It's like, yeah, okay. Well, two out of your, a lot of your team, pretty much all your teams suck. Like all of them suck all at once, and you got to blame somebody. So, I know everyone's been saying the Fords to sell the team, but I think it might be time for Chris Illich to sell the team. Chris Illich definitely needs to sell the Tigers because it's yeah. it's incredibly clear that he he does not care. No, I mean no. the fact that you've had Al Avila your GM for these eight seasons like is bad. Now I will say this: somebody, yeah. one of my one of my Tigers guys that I follow, gave and here this is going to be shocking to you, um, gave Al Avila credit solely for no. the, solely for the fact that he's like things are not good right now, <laughs> and we're responsible for this. So credit to you, Al Avila, that you can tell what a what a burning or a burning down building looks like. So congratulations. Yes. Um, but you're the one that started the fire. Yeah. yeah. 
Yep. So, I mean, that's, I'm just beating a dead horse at that point. Um, But bottom line, uh, our owner is tone deaf and our incapable general manager has now discovered what fire looks like. So congratulations (laughs) to the two of you. Go Tigers. But let's talk about the play on the field, um, which is a lot of, well, exactly. Because this is why this team for the past few seasons has been so frustrating because you will see them show signs of like, this is the worst baseball team I've ever seen in my entire life, which if you look at OPS, I think they still have the um, worst or well, second worst. I think they have three of the bottom 10 yeah. position players in OPS and Torkelson, I think is the worst in major league baseball with OPS, nice. which, nice. okay. He's, it's very obvious that he's overmatched, but at the same side, yeah, like do something, send him down, or make sure he could be ready. Oh my gosh, I have something caught in my throat. <coughs> okay. I'm gonna die. This, this is gonna be my last podcast ever. Need a Bud Light? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm gonna die. Um, so you're good. You have that, and then you have, I think, an offense that is worse than the Detroit Tigers coming into a, for a weekend set, and you take one of two games. Yeah. You lose the last place Kansas City Royals at home. Yeah. Kansas City doesn't have much. They don't have no. offense. They don't have pitching. They're, they're just a bad team. Barbecue and even their star- bar- – Yeah, barbecue sauce. And even, like, their like good players like Merrifield – He's had a down year. He's but he still, you know, did his stuff against the Tigers because he just always, you know, yeah. crushes the Tigers. Um, but you lose an un. I mean, the the weekend the the word for the weekend series would be uninspired because it was it was like eh, terrible. We don't. We, I mean, we don't have anything to play for all that much. And yeah. I want to look at this. I want to look at the the schedule here um, because I want to show you who they lost to. Um, because it's, it's just, it's really disappointing. So on Friday, they lost a game three to one where they scored one run in the ninth inning. Nice. They lost to Brad Keller, who is three and nine on the season and he has a 424 Mm. ERA. So, and they gave up a home run to a guy who has never had a major league hit in his career. So Amazing. that's, 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 that's great. Um, Amazing. The next day they went on a walk-off. I think they had back-to-back home runs from, uh, uh, from Victor Reyes and then Riley Green, which was a cool moment. So uh, that was sweet. I did it, see that. And Riley Green's, that was his first home run of his career. So that, okay. So you get one back. Cool. And then you have your quote unquote ace on the mound for the Sunday series. Um, and you don't do anything. Scooball has looked like a completely different pitcher over the past month. Um, and that's frustrating because it looked like he was really turning the corner. Yeah. It looked like he had great command uh, at the beginning of the year, but then he had one strikeout against the Royals. Nice. On Sunday. So his Amazing. He, four starts ago, I think he was five and three. Sure. With a, with an ERA at the two fifty ish mark, 
Now he's five and seven, and he's at a four hundred six ERA. So pedestrian, pedestrian numbers again. So like, it's just like, how do you, how do you lose? How do you lose like that? Especially to that team, <laughs> who I have no faith. It's not. It's I. I usually go no matter the Tigers been bad for the past couple of years, and I'll usually go to a couple of games during the summer. Actually, probably I make it. I used to make it out there a lot. I've gone to one game this season, and I have no interest. I have zero interest in going for the rest of the year. Like truthfully, there it is such bad baseball, and you spend twenty eight million dollars on Javi Baez, and he at one point has the lowest, lowest slugging in the entire league at twenty eight million dollars. And he's not like he was. He was more for his field. I understand that, but it's like, at what point? Do you throw in the towel? Like, at what point does Chris Illich be like, hey, you know what? We suck. This is bad, and it hasn't gotten better after you did. What more do you want? Miguel Cabrera has come out and has done more than he has in the past couple of years, in my opinion. I agree. You ride that wave with your new prospects who are supposed to be really good. You had Akil Badu who just went lights out last year. And you come into this, and you just completely... There's words I would say that I can't, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you you do. It's just it's a dumpster fire. Yeah, what do you do? And and that's Javier Baez wasn't the number one shortstop on the market. We've talked about that too. In the yeah, and Chris cheaped out, um, yeah. and that's what he got. I mean, he had yeah. Baez has turned the corner, and I think he leads the team in home runs now. Um, yeah, but he ain't worth that contract that he just signed. That is no. for sure. And even he's, I mean, that's, he's a, looked, that's a Ken Holland deal right there. <laughs> oh boy, don't get me started. But he's looked a little, he's looked a little even shaky on the defensive side of the ball as well. Um, yeah, he hasn't had the errors, but I can't tell you how many times uh, Torkelson has saved an error, or throwing error from uh, Baez this season. Seriously, but he's getting better. There's signs of improvement, and everybody who's ever had Javier Baez on his team, and I'm wearing a Javier Baez Mets jersey because I got it for really cheap, um, <laughs> uh, has said when he's bad, you will hate him, but when he is on, he is the most exciting player in baseball. And I believe that because that one stretch um, this year, like that two-week stretch, he was like, I think he's he bad. would – Well, no, he was back. He was like he was batting like oh. four 460. In the two-week yeah. stretch, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that's cool." <laughs> but this is why this team is frustrating because they have that series against the Royals, and then they play Cleveland, who they mm-hmm. never play well against, and they swept a four-game series. <laughs> and not not just like barely; yeah. it, it, it was convincingly. So they had a doubleheader on the Fourth of July. They won four to one, and then they won five to three. Really exciting games. Yeah. Um. And in that double, in that doubleheader, we had a major league debut from Garrett Hill, and he had a, a historic major league debut in the Tigers' sense. He went six innings and he gave up one run on two hits. That's, That's awesome. never happened before in the history of the Justin Verlander, Michael Fulmer, uh, Max Scherzer. Blah blah blah. Well, Max Scherzer didn't debut with this team, um, but you get the idea. No yeah. one has had a debut as good as this in Tigers' history, other than Garrett Hill. That's awesome. So there's a little bit of luck, but also he is technically a, a top 25 prospect in the system. He did great, and he did exactly what he needed to do. Um, and he outdueled one of Cleveland's better starting pitchers. 
so that was game one. And then in game two, um, Tyler Alexander closes the door. Um, and let me see. What Eric Haas is heating up again. Mm-hmm. Very excited. Hit a home run there. And we needed that. And then the next day, I was at this game. I was expecting, oh, shoot. Like, they just beat Cleveland two games in a row. They're going to get... They're going to get stomped on. Yeah. Uh, That didn't happen. And (laughs) the Tigers started Drew Hutchinson, who's been cut 12 times this season, uh, and they go out and win 11-4. to (laughs) Uh, And and Haas homers again in that game. And Victor (laughs) Reyes in the nine hole looks like he's one of what? Sorry. Uh, Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, uh, I don't want to switch sports really quick, but uh, very hot take Noel just sent in. Take a look at the chat real quick. Oh, that no, is that happened. Oh, what? When? Oh, earlier today? Yeah, earlier today. Oh, that is spicy. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought those hot breaking news. We'll get we'll get to that. In sorry. A okay, cool. My apologies. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, so that they win eleven to four. Um, Haas hits another home run in that game. He he had this is this is this is this is the player that Eric Haas is. Eric Haas in that game had two strikeouts his first two at bats, and then he hits an opposite field like two run home run. Yeah, if he can do that every time, I don't think I'd be upset. Totally fine. Strike out, strike out 150 totally times, but if you hit a home run every third at bat, okay, then you'd be a, a Hall of Famer. But still, if you, if that's the production that you're going to do, I don't care if you strike out. Swing away, buddy. Swing away. So that's good to see him. We could we could have, or it's good to see him heat up a little bit. And even uh, Jonathan Scope in that doubleheader, he went six for six. So he brought his one sixty seven batting average up to like two ten. So <laughs> what a game! And that that's the thing too. Like Scope has had like these streaks, even this season, where it's like, oh, he's hitting the cover off the ball, and he's still hitting like below two hundred. Like yeah. that's. When Scope is off, he is he he doesn't know He's how to bad. hit a baseball. Um, and then they close out the series against Shane Bieber, um, who did not have his best stuff uh, on Wednesday, and they made him pay for it. So yeah. only the Tigers can have the most uninspiring series against the worst team, and then go out and just like yeah, totally pollywomp a team. And that's it, my favorite. And you like the sad thing is we would be excited about that series. It's like oh, we just swept the second place team in our division. We would be excited about that if we weren't so horrendous at the beginning yeah. of the year. Like this would have meant something more because right now the Tigers, currently as it stands, are thirty three and forty seven after yeah, a four terrible. after a four game uh, sweep to a division rival. Yeah. They're nine what's the what's the standing uh no i'll, I'll no pull idea. it up i'll pull it up uh da, 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 real quick then edit all the stuff out so they're 11 games out of the out of the division and out of the wild card they're 10 wow. so like okay mate like i guess yeah. but I don't know. They have a lot to. They have a lot to do. They have a lot to go. And like a team like Cleveland was was just as bad at the beginning of the year, but then they won seventeen of twenty. Like even like, even if the Tigers did that, yeah, 
uh, they'd still be out. I, I know. I, it's it, it it's just super frustrating. Uh, on a more serious note, and this is again, I I don't know what you would call this bad luck, bad. You can't call it bad scouting because how can you do this? But um, Eduardo Rodriguez, who again our number one pitching free agent signing, uh, he was put on on leave by the team for no pay, so he's not getting paid his contract. Um, and Al Avila in a press conference was asked about the status of that, and he said that he has had no communication with Eduardo since he was put on leave. What? I, I mean, I don't even know what to say to that. How? I, Literally how? Like, how do you do that? I, I, the reports did come out that I, there's a problem in his marriage, so he's trying to save that. Um, sure. Why don't you just talk to the guy? Like, hey, buddy, how are things going? No communication. Yeah. Like I that's get depressing. that. I mean, I get that. That's like a serious like issue, and like you wish him all the best, but like you got to keep somebody in the loop. That is that is so depressing. And then what do you do? It's like it's so bad. It, it's it's. I, I don't even. Part of the course, though. I, I mean, what like what's another thing, you know, for this for this team? Because it's like I mean. Yeah. At a couple weeks ago, about the Tigers, they were just I was just like frustrated. Now it's like they suck. I'm apathetic, I guess, like because it's yeah. like they just rattled off four wins. Like, yeah, that's sick, but like you could have done that a month ago. I'll tell you what: if the Lions do this, like, because things look things are looking right now like you do for the Tigers, where like, whoa, we had a really good off season. This is looking really good. Maybe we maybe we make a couple more. I'm not even expecting a lot. Like again, our expectations were low, but holy cow! Like this is so bad. This is so so bad. Are we worse than last year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like imagine, like imagine the Lions come in and they do two two wins this season. That uh, that I, that would be a complete and utter failure. I mean, I <laughs> it, it, it just would. It just would. Yes. I don't think that that's going to happen, but I don't think And that's the would. thing, like, that's the, that's the thing for me. It's like with baseball, like, yeah, you're playing 160 games. So it's like, okay, 33 wins versus 47. You take an average. It's like, okay, what is it, 400? But you compare that to any other sport, and this team is, like, this is bad. Like, this is so freaking bad. Eight it's, years it's of this. Eight years, and eight it's getting years worse. Of this. Eight years of this. And you know what else? The Orioles, who have just – who who have lost a hundred games the past four seasons. Yeah. They are in the wild card hunt right now. They are currently as it stands, six games out. Yeah, no. And they are sitting at they're they're five games under 500. The Detroit no. Tigers are 13. Nah. Nah. That's that's not acceptable by any stretch of the means. That should be your benchmark, yeah, of progress. Not acceptable, unacceptable behavior. Yeah. So I, I, mean, I don't I know. know. We got a. I don't either. We got a pretty tough lineup too going into the second half of the year, or coming coming pretty soon in the next couple of weeks. Once you get past Casey and and Cleveland again, 
we're playing Minnesota, San Diego, Toronto, Minnesota, Tampa Bay, Cleet Lake, the Angels. <laughs> yeah, you're screwed, dude. Like, yeah, there's no way you're coming out of that. Your work's cut out for you. And then another yeah. last thing on the Tigers, and then we need to move on. Uh, the Austin Meadows trade that we were all excited about, and I was excited oh, about. Yeah. I'll be the first to say it. Um, everyone's heard the hot mic from Tampa. Yep. Yep. I, I'm, I don't need to repeat it, but like, e- even like a trade that looked good on our side turned out to just be poor. Like, it, it's like it, it. It's a little bit of luck, too, because Austin yes. Meadows is apparently as soon as he moved to Detroit was made of glass. Like how, yep. how do you sprain your Achilles by being on the COVID IL? You sprain both of them on a rehab. So how do you do that? What were you doing? <laughs> Probably jet skiing with no symptoms or something like that. I, I, <laughs> I just, I just, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. I, I... Yeah, it's bad. Austin hey. Meadows, Austin Meadows, zero home runs, Isaac Paredes. 13 so that's cool i guess hey we saw daz cameron for a game though daz cameron fine riley green has looked good he's like and that's sad he's like the best hitter on the team and he just graduated to the mlb's number one prospect um wow yeah work is cut out i don't even know what to talk about for the rest of the season just good stuff about riley green I'm okay with cutting out the Tigers till next year. Uh, can't, can't do that. And and Matt Manning is still missing in action. No one knows where he is. Oh, we're done with them. I'm done talking about them. How are the Pistons, Corey? Oh, I can tell you what. There's one thing after this draft. So we we talked about extensively last time we were on about. I mean, I was beside myself about how well that the Pistons drafted. Um, mm-hmm. And they they absolutely fleeced the New York That's Knicks to just take on Kemba Walker's contract to buy him out. I think they only have to pay six or nine million dollars this season. Excuse me. Um, and then they got they traded the first round pick that they got for Jeremy Grant uh, for Jalen Duran and Kemba Walker essentially. Um, sweet, s- sweet. The the two yeah. player the two players that I specifically wanted. Out of this draft, the Pistons got, which incredible, absolutely incredible. Um, but I was saying even that night to Noel that the Pistons won the NBA draft, and it, I don't even think it was close. I think everybody thought it was a slam dunk. I mean, you get okay, um, you get the Magic with uh, uh, Paulo Banchero, um, and then Chet Holmgren goes two, and Jabari Smith goes uh, three. Um, but I think based off of, based off of the, um, the rest of the draft, the amount of picks and then where the picks fell, Jaden Ivy at five or no, the Pistons were at, no, Pistons were at five. Jaden Ivy at five was an absolute slam dunk. Um, and then getting Jalen Duran, uh, when the Pistons coming into the draft were saying, we want to we want to trade back into the first round after pick number five, and we're targeting Jalen Duran. They literally there was reports that this is the guy that they wanted, and then they got him. Like usually, you have to give up more than just a first round pick in twenty twenty five to get the guy that you want that everybody knows that you want. That that's usually not how the negotiation process works. You usually give up more, but 
absolutely great. And just about everything that I've seen from NBA people, NBA insiders, all that stuff, they said the Pistons had the best draft by far. And so not only that, not only do NBA pundits think that they did great, the Pistons earned respect. I'll take it. And out of out of all of the all of the chaos and craziness that's been happening for the for the Detroit sports world, sports. no, hardly any team has gotten any respect. And now the Pistons have it. Everyone is saying Troy Weaver was performed a master class. I think Dwayne Casey is still a very good coach. He just hasn't had much to work with. And now you have an incredibly young core. And they also signed out Alex Burks. As yeah. well, that they'll—he's a great rotational piece that they'll throw in there. Um, the Pistons are building something. And they have former—they have former lottery picks on the roster now. They have two technically lot—they have three lottery picks that'll be the core of their team next season. I'm very excited. Not to mention the development of Killian Hayes. I think they will be good. I think playoffs is not. Is not out of the question. There's freaking ten teams that make the playoffs in each conference. If you count the playing games as the playoffs, yeah, true. Like they will have an opportunity to play themselves in. Yeah, I think they will. I, I mean, if you, I don't think you can come to me right now with this off season that the Pistons had. Will there be growing pains? Absolutely, but there's talent on this team now. Yeah. You you have Cunningham and Ivy. Yeah, come on. Come on. Yeah. And you have some more cap space that you are going to do something with, or maybe you won't. Maybe you'll take on a contract to get another first round pick. I don't know what you're going to do, but Troy Weaver is doing something right now, yeah. and it's very clear and evident what they're going to do. And I don't think you can sit here and tell me, after all the moves that they've made, after an, another offseason of development of the, your youngest players and Cade Cunningham finally being, he has to be the guy now that Jeremy Grant is gone. With Cade mm-hmm. Cunningham being the guy, with Killian Hayes taking progress, and he won't have to be this seventh overall pick that he was. He can be, he can be a, a, support, a supporting role player. Can you sit here and tell me that a top... 10 finish for the Pistons in the Eastern Conference isn't out. Is it isn't an acceptable spot for them to be next year? Seriously? Like that's not ludicrous to think. No. And it's different that than all of my other predictions. Oh, the the Tigers are going to make it in the wild card. Oh, the Red Wings are going to make the 8th seed. Like in a conference that is weaker, you don't think the Pistons can be a top 10 team in this in this conference. I I would I would I would disagree with you. I disagree with you. And I You're think nuts. I think personally, and this is me being the stupid dumb idiot that I am, I think they could be a top six team now. I think they could take that strike. Hot takes. I think they could and then miss the playing tournament takes. entirely. So That'd be sweet. Do with that what you will. I think absolutely they will be a playing tournament team. We are winning next year. Basically, the East is ours. That's all I'm saying. We've we, got it. We it's move over LeBron in the West, move over Curry in the Warriors, but the Pistons in four. Yep. Pistons in done. Four. Done. It's over. Heard it here first. You heard it here first. All right. That's our Pistons talk. Uh, the summer league is starting now as we speak. Uh, Ivy Duran and I think a couple of the guys who were playing last year 
um, who are rookies will be uh, on the roster. Pistons side, uh, Buddy Beheim out of Syracuse. So like, that's cool, I guess, but he's not going to do anything. Um, mm. And then they cut Luca Garza. I'm sad. That's sad. I'm that is sad. sad. But he was slow. I didn't know that happened. Yeah, they they got rid of a lot of guys. Carson Edwards is gone. Frank Jackson is gone. No. Oh. Um, yeah. So, but those guys weren't like. Sure. You know. Um, but we'll get we'll get some more Pistons dialogue next week as uh, the summer debuts happen um, very shortly. Um, so, on to the next, my good friend. Which is? Oh, we're talking wings, baby. Sweet. Okay, fun fact. Verona and Larkin are being paid the exact same this year. How crazy is that? It's almost. It's almost. Like, Verona might be the best offensive player on the team. Chris, we're really going to do this right now. I haven't forgotten. This is the I just, only... I just, I, every once in a while, I just have to make sure that going into next season, that stays the same. They're getting paid the same. They're paid the they're, same. Therefore... One player who's getting fact. paid the same as another player is better than that same player that they're getting paid the same amount of money for. If they redid Larkin's contract at the same rate, then the year after this season, Verona would be making more money than Larkin. And I think that's something to say about offensive talent. That's what I think that means. Chris, you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> hey, that's okay. He's gonna put up. He's gonna put up a lot of goals this year, and it's gonna be beautiful. And I think at some point, at some point in the next couple seasons, I won't be, I won't be smug. I'll be humble. And I'll say, you know, I was right. Thank you for saying that. But hey, we'll leave it at that. Wand. Chris, I will, I will say what I said when we tried to bury this conversation. If Verona keeps scoring at like a... At yes. a hall, at a at yes. a at a pace that yes. no player in the NHL has ever scored. You mean like what he is right now? If if he continues, if he does that like over the span of has... a full season, then I, okay, yes, he will be. You know, he will be. He will be the best. That's all I need to hear. Okay, that's all I need to hear. Chris, Chris, he, he for the Red Wings. Yes, he is scoring more goals that per game. Yep. Than anybody in history for any team. Yeah, it's almost like he's the best offensive player on the team. Chris, he hasn't played a full season. Why does that matter? He's played like it's he's a small played sample size. He's played please. ten games in one season. Came off of injury and played another. What was it? Twenty games, thirty games, half a season. That's a pretty big sample size to me. I'm not having this conversation. Hey, if he had like three games, that's one thing. He's had like 30, 40 games. I'm not having this conversation. We're done. Okay, that's fine. We have have a new coach, Chris. Lalonde. Derek Lalonde. It's not Sergey. It's not Which is okay. But it is kind of grew. It is grew. It is grew. So, Derek Lalonde, new head coach of the Red Wings, surprising only because this was a name that was thrown around. So, people were almost kind of not really expecting it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I didn't see it coming. I I mean, this was a name that, like, they were waiting to interview until after the cup finals was over, and then they interviewed him, and then they got the – and then Lalonde got the job. So it makes sense because from the the brain trust that is the Tampa Bay Lightning, Eisenman was obviously the GM and constructed those Stanley Cup winning teams basically at the core. Um, He got 
Stamkos and uh, we, we know the whole story. Stamkos hadn't had to sign teamish friendly deals, somewhat kind of, not yeah. really. Um, but he made it work. So we hire this guy. No NHL head coaching experience, but NHL coaching experience. Um, is bald, so fits with the theme. He is bald. He is bald, so that's good. Chris, kind of bald, not really though. I'm going to on level someday. He'll be Lalon level someday. Um, and I think a lot of NHL people were expecting the Red Wings to sign someone who hadn't been an NHL head coach. Um, just like anything else in uh, the Iser plan, we don't really know what's going on. Uh, he has earned my tr- he has earned my trust. I I have full faith that Lalon's going to do a great job. Like, I, I and frankly, so here's the thing: it's kind of hard to screw this up right now. Like, truthfully, like I know this sounds terrible, but you came off of Jeff Blashill with a Calder winning, or not? Sorry, not the Calder winning. The um, oh yeah, no Calder. I, I was thinking I got Kind Smythe mixed up. Yeah, Calder winning defenseman. You have a lot in Sweden that's about to show up pretty soon. Sure, whatever happens in this draft. Things are looking good. You also still have a lot of cap space that has been dropped off from all the Ken Holland deals. Like, there are three people who are making $5 million. It's Bertuzzi, Verana, and Larkin. Used to be a lot more for a lot less. And at this point, it's going to be kind of hard for me for Lalonde to not at least show competence. And here's my th- I think if he shows as a competent coach that the Wings are going to be a really good team. That's all I'll say. If Lala, sure. if they're like an okay team, I'm gonna be like, okay, the line's playing maybe not the progress. If they're a comp, if they're a good team, it'll like line's gonna be competent and he'll be good enough for for what we need right now, which is no. great. And I hope he's fantastic. I agree, I agree, and I, I, I like what I'm hearing as well. As far as like, I haven't heard much of the interviews, but I did hear one that he wants to be like a relational coach. Um, and some of the, the knocks on Blaschel, especially at the end of his tenure, is that he didn't see eye to eye with a lot of these young guys that are coming up through the system. Um, yeah. So if that's like, I mean, obviously I want to make sure that you're a good coach. Um, but if you are on the coaching staff of a roster that has made it to three straight Stanley Cup finals, you have to be at least somewhat competent. Like, I don't yeah. think, I mean, there's definitely guys that get carried there. Um but I think you don't make three straight Stanley Cups if it's just one piece that's really important. Yeah. Like that's that's an organizational success from top I to agree. bottom. Like from the head coach to the star player to the janitor. Like that, and especially in today's NHL, that just doesn't happen. Yeah, it just doesn't. Um, and everybody, like in the NFL, picking apart the Belichick coaching tree. They want a piece of that same success. And that's a little bit different with the Belichick coaching tree because none of those guys have really been that successful. Um, But this is the, this is the modern and most current uh, New England Patriots in hockey, so to speak. Um, So you might as well try And And why not try from a guy who knows that organization from the inside the best than Steve Eiserman. So he's got to know what's going on. And look at some of the, the people that he's pulled over from Tampa Bay already. Yeah. Curb your uh, expectations. However, um, Adam Ernie was 
a player that we traded a draft pick in a rebuilding year. Yeah. Like you want to keep your draft at, I think it was a fourth or a fifth. He's probably one of, if not our best bottom six forward and a power play quote unquote specialist. Yep. Um, so Steve Eisenman was right there. He, he pawns away Mitchell Stevens uh, as our fourth line center. Now he's made a glass right now. Um, but when he was, when he was on the ice, he was noticeable. Yeah. So, all good things, and why not? Yeah. At, the, at, at this point, why not? And if you're if you're trying to build the team the same way that you built the team in Tampa, then yeah, take, take a guy who knows that yeah. system the best instead of Absolutely. trying to teach a new system to somebody else. So that's probably yeah. why a guy like Barry Trotz didn't get the job. Barry Trotz ended up not coaching anywhere, so I think that had to do something with it. But also, like he would have like Eisenman and him would have had to get on the same page. This guy, he'll be like, Eisenman will be like, this is how I want you to coach this team. You've already coached this team in this way before. This is why I brought you in recip or, uh, you know, replicate that here. And Lalonde's probably like, okay, I'll do that. Easy. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not so excited. I'm not saying cup finals are bust right now, but I'm saying this team will be better. Yeah. <laughs> it started, it's starting to remind me of like the early to mid nineties wings where it's like, they're picking up pieces here and there. But things are starting to make sense, and then the absolute red and white train is just going to come barreling through. And I can't wait. If I if Edvison if Edvison is anything, even a sliver of what Cider is, we're going to feel a lot better on defense. If another piece, I'm so excited about Solderblum, and if he comes through and is able to actually dominate like he did over in Sweden, that's just going to be beautiful on a like third or fourth line just to have that type of size and strength and still have hands. But again, a lot can go wrong, but I think everything's going to go. I think a lot is going right. And I think it's going to continue to go right. So well, we I shall think, see. I think we're developing or at least transitioning into a team. That's pretty big. Yeah. Michael Rasmussen made a lot of progress yeah. last year and we were all great with that pick when he was taken. I think he was eighth overall because of his size. Yeah. It took him a little bit, but he seemed to have his bearings and he, it, some secondary scoring from that bottom six. He was able to do that. Mm -hmm. Now you have Edvinson and Soderblom coming in, who are just the two biggest Monsters. Swedish players that ever yeah. existed, along with Mo Sider, who is just one of the all around. I mean, he's a skating he's one of the all. <laughs> he's one of all around, you know, better defensemen in the league. And yep. I don't think he got a Norris Trophy vote. Um, but I think he could. I think he could easily be the the eleventh best yeah. defenseman, even as a rookie. I mean, that's how impressive he was. Yeah, and that's not an exaggeration. Um, so, I I think you're going to see the culture isn't the word. Um, you're going to see the makeup of this team look very different next year. Yeah, and that'll be exciting. So the that'll be the refreshing piece. Like, oh, this. Like, there's a lot of, like, similar faces. You have your Larkins, Bertuzzi's, you have your Piranhas. But the energy that they're playing with right now and the way that they're playing is very different than what was in years past. And I think that's what we should be excited for. If you can notice a difference in the energy and the way that they play, I think that's a success for year one. Yep. I agree. Couldn't have said it better. And, 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 and Stanley Cup playoffs are bust. We're raising it. The Lond is going to steal the moon and then the cup. Yes, he looks like Gru. 
He does look like Groot. He, he doesn't sound like him, but he definitely looks like him. Yeah. <laughs> What's the lion stat, Corey? All right. So two two stats. What do you want? Do you want the fun conversation first, or do you want just like the the absolutely shocking stat? Shocking. Okay. Uh, cat breakdown. Mm-hmm. All the teams in the NFL. Okay. I think I might know this one. Okay, but I'm ready for it. Who has the most expensive offense? Yep. Number one in the NFL. That's us, baby. I'm so happy about that. It's all O-line. <laughs> but that's okay. They have the most expensive off $124 yeah. million dollars are tied up into yeah. their offense. Which, like, yeah. okay, that's, like, fine. But also, like, your quarterback's Jared Goff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I saw, I, I think it was the Pat McAfee show that I was listening to. And he was just like, ah, oh, like, like. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and T- Travis Kelsey in Kansas City, they got the number one offense, right? Nope, they don't. Uh, the Buffalo Bills uh, yeah. with, with uh, Josh Allen and, and Stephon, nope. And it's like, it's the Detroit Lions. And I'm like, yeah. oh my. So, yeah. but we, we like the fact that it's mostly tied up in offensive line because you need to have a solid offensive line. Absolutely. Yeah. Go ask Joe Burrow. That's probably why they didn't win the Super Bowl. I Yeah, 100%. 100%. There were multiple plays in the Super Bowl where if he had more time, it would have been a different story. Yes, absolutely. Um, I don't know what to do with that information necessarily, other than the fact that, like, okay, it's mostly offensive line. Um, I'm here for it. I've heard. I I was listening. I don't know if it was Pat McAfee or it was someone else, but the Lions are teetering to become the number one offensive line in the league, and. It's very close. Like we're up, th- we are in talks of like best offensive line, and if people, I mean, everyone says their quarterback gets better in the offseason. Everyone says that, but they're saying that Goff is starting to be able to throw it a little better. We picked up Chark. If um, if Saint Brown does the same as he did last year, and they can open up some space for Swift, we're in business. Like we are playing football. I think and- the offense could be good. Yeah, I think, I think they will have a very good run game. Yeah, that's and that's the thing is I think they need to focus on being a very run heavy defense or offense because you need to give as much space to Goff as possible. Yeah, and then if he can make it happen in the in the instances where you give him a little more leeway, you're gonna have a pretty darn good offense. And I do like I like Chark, I like St. Brown, I love Hawkinson genuinely. Like Who I know a lot of people, Hawkinson? I know a lot of people hated on that like on the pick of Hawkinson oh, I the first round. Oh, I get it. And I understand why, but he's, he's looking good. Like, that's the thing. He, he's looking like a very solid tight end and oh, hello. Hi. Oh, you're good. Just hanging out. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Dinner Sounds good. And then I have an inkling suspicion that if the defense, well, if I think we focus on run, more than we focus on throwing, the throwing will improve versus if we're focused on being a throw offense. But yeah, Hutchinson's fantastic. I'm actually I'm seeing a lot of videos of Akuda, and he's looking a lot healthier and he's looking quick. And I'm hoping that he actually does what he was supposed to as a third overall cornerback. Again, don't pro. Okay, sorry. One person I want to talk about, Rodriguez. What's his first name? Malcolm. Malcolm Rodriguez. Have you seen videos of this guy? No. 
Are you? Oh, we drafted him like round. Oh my God, Corey. Okay, we drafted him. Um, what round? You gotta look at videos of this guy. Oh, the Oklahoma State guy. Yes, I love this guy. He is an absolute brick wall. He's like a. He's very much a Dan Campbell football player. Like if Dan Campbell was to make a linebacker, there are so many videos of this guy stuffing the line, and it is insane how much power this kid has. So if 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 our draft picks come through, Pascal, Kirby, uh, um, Malcolm Rodriguez, and they actually look like a decent defense, I think we're gonna be. I'm no, not gonna I say think, it. I think I think the I'm defense. Don't say it because we're not. I can say it. I think the defense will will be. I say exponentially better because it was yes. so horrible last year. Um, yeah. Outside, actually, the defensive backs did pretty well for themselves, but um, yeah. there's the offense that was the real issue for a period mm-hmm. of time, and then it like flip flop. It's just the, the lines are bad. Um, but yeah. no, they drafted really well. Like we've talked about this in the past, they out of the. Out of the edge rushers that had the highest athletic, like rating score, we, we, the Lions got the top two. Yeah, edge rushers in Pascal and in Aiden Hutchinson. So that's great. Thrilled. Uh, George Kirby was, or I don't know if his name is George Kirby again. Thomas. I think. Okay. Well, Kirby or was Kirby something. He was the hardest hitting safety in college football last year. Yeah. Tough guy, Malcolm Draft Rodriguez. Team. Drafted in the sixth round, late pick. I think one of the first Oklahoma State defensive players to be drafted in decades. Um, yeah. Freak. I mean, he ran yeah. a four five. He ran a four five two forty. That's pretty quick. Dude's big, yeah. So I mean, hey, I I'm excited to see them in action. I'm excited to see what Akuda could maybe look like. I I don't know. I know. Um. A lot and of variables. Their other young corners did seem to perform pretty well uh, under pressure last year. So uh, could be exciting or could be the same old Lions. But I have to I have to show you the stat. Um, I'm ready. CBS Sports did a ranking of all of the NFL head coaches. Yeah. Oh, God. Where so was angry. Dan Campbell ranked? <laughs> I know the answer. But I want to gain the suspense a little bit. And this is sad. This is the thing. This really pissed me off. Like, it really angered me. But I understand why. But it really angered me. It was, was it 30? Yes. It was, it, was, it, was the, it was the 30th best NFL coach. Disagree. Hard Knocks is going to come out. And you're going to see that it's not true. Uh, yeah, that angers me. So, not great, but we kind of expect it because you have to, you have to, you have to do something in the NFL to, to be considered a good coach. And Lions weren't good last year. It was his first year. That's fine. Sure. Progress is what you need. And if you have progress over the season, it's just that plain and simple. We love Campbell. He's a football guy. We love to see yep. what he said. It's just the crazy, stupid things he says. Yep. Got to have some results. Got to have some results. You yep. got to have some results. 
Honestly, there were so many games that came down to one possession last year. There were so many games where if we just had the edge, we could have made it happen. We'll see. Got to have the results. We shall see. Got to have results. Got to have the results. Um, (sighs) I think we're just about done. We're we are eight minutes. We're eight minutes uh, short of our hour, but I think we got. I think we got most of what most of what we needed. But for those of you that are listening, thank you so much for listening to the CNC replay. We hope that you rate us five stars on any of your social media uh, outlets or five stars on Spotify podcast or spot five stars on Apple, whatever podcasts. That's the one. If you're listening on Amazon, I don't even think we have Amazon, so I'm not going to say that, we but, do, but that's okay. We don't. If, if somehow you, you are listening on Amazon podcasts, please let us know. Um, cause I, okay. Um, <laughs> but we appreciate you so much. If you have any questions, shoot us an email. If you have any questions, shoot us anything on our Instagram or social media pages. We will for sure answer. And who knows, maybe you could even end up on the podcast, which is really cool and really fun. Yeah. But if you're listening to this point, still stay tuned because Noel has a draft analysis of tonight's NHL draft. She's going to have some good details for it. Chris, any other words to say? Pistons finals win. Red Wings Stanley Cup win. Lions Lombardi trophy. Tigers sold the team. That is all. Amen. We love it. God bless. God Take bless. away in a while. Thanks, boys, for that. I'm excited to listen to what you guys recorded. Uh, yeah, jumping right in, I guess the first thing that I want to talk about um, isn't the draft, um, is another bit of, of hockey news that kind of affects the Red Wings in just a very small way. Um, Manon, oh gosh, why can I never pronounce her last name? Uh, Manon Ramout got hired as the hockey ops and prospect advisor for the LA Kings, um, which is amazing. That's super exciting for her. And I think, you know, she's got a brilliant hockey mind. She's somebody that's going to be very good at that job. But the bummer is, is that Bally Sports Detroit loses her as um, as a commentator, as a personality. Um, so that will be kind of a bummer. Uh, the article I was reading said that she has stated that she's probably going to stay in um, in the Detroit area and just live there, but that she will now be working with the LA Kings in that capacity. So super excited for her. It's awesome to see. Um, more women getting hired in the front office. Um, and I think that she's, you know, one of the best, one of the smartest, um, fully qualified for it. Um, but I guess we can jump right into the, the draft. It, it was kind of chaos um, right before the draft happened. Chicago traded Alex Debrinkit. Um, Debrinkat? Debrinkit? I don't know. It's it's one of the two. Alex Debrinkit to the Ottawa Senators for so just him. Ottawa got just him for a seventh over the seventh or overall, the 39th overall, and the 2024 third a 2024 third round pick. Um which immediately caused chaos on the board. So that means this that Chicago is immediately going the spot above Detroit in the draft, um, with which they chose Kevin Korchinski who is a defenseman, a big D-man, which, you know, he is a lot of, he's got a positive 
upside. He's probably going to work really well for them. And um, so that's great for them, I guess. I guess it probably really shouldn't be rooting for Chicago. But um, Chicago also traded Kirby Doc today to the Montreal Canadiens for let me pull this up i gotta remember the specifics really quick um to close um this is not what i wanted they flip kirby doc to montreal today for uh, transaction was result result of two trades. This is from ESPN. Montreal sent um, Alexander Romanoff and a 98th pick overall to the New York Islanders for a 13th overall in the first round. They, the Islanders, then flipped that 13th pick and the 66th overall to the Blackhawks for Kirby Doc, who was the third overall selection in the 2019 draft and is uh, was going to be a restricted free agent. Um, so really, just Chicago is pulling in all of the all of the picks every pick that they can get they're trying to so that has nothing to do with the red wings it just caused a bit of chaos up top but by pick number six all of the players who were projected to go in the six roughly um were gone really the only other shock was that shane wright dropped down to four he was slated to go number one and so a lot of people were really um really confused at least a lot of uh, you know, people on Twitter and in the internet, the armchair general managers were all kind of confused, but he went uh, four overall to the Seattle Kraken. So that is where he landed. And then with the eighth pick, the Detroit Red Wings picked out of Rogola, Sweden, Marco Casper, who is a six foot one, 183 pound left shot center. He is 18 years old and he played you know in the and in the shl with uh with grown men with adults and still held his own what i thought was fun was that his first point actually came off of his first uh, professional point actually came off of a mo cider goal um which is just of course a cute little connection to the red wings but i think it this was an interesting choice because matt savoy was also still on the board who is a set, also a center. He is Matt Savoy is a small center, and so I think that that was a deterrent for him uh, to be chosen by the Red Wings. But by all accounts, Marco Casper is a very, very good 200-foot player. He is not bad at anything on the ice. But what that means is that he is not exceptional at anything on the ice. He has been compared a little bit to... Dylan Larkin in that area where Dylan was very much in the same spot of very, very good at everything on the ice, but not elite at anything in that though, Dylan did end up growing and becoming better and improving in the areas that he needed work on. Some of the areas um, that Shane Wright needs to really work on are probably his hands and his, um, a little bit more of his skating. He's not by any means a terrible skater, but those are just things that um, would really make a difference for him. He is also somebody who could play both center and uh, left wing, but is hopefully projected, hopefully going to work out as a centerman. Um, some other things that people are worried about is that his ceiling is 
second line center, which Detroit needs. So that's not a bad thing, but it seems that his, uh, his floor is a lot lower than we would like it to be. Um, so there again, this is, it's just, it's Steve Eiserman, right? It's, we always get to the place <laughs> in these situations where Steve never takes what we all imagine him to take and somehow it ends up working out. So I am withholding judgment until then, until we actually get to see him play in, even in the, um, what's the, not the, the training camp when he will see. Uh, Casper play during training camp. I just want to see what he does against the other NHL level players, how that all, how that all falls out. Um, because again, we saw with Mo Sider, that's, this is just how Steve works sometimes and it's worked out thus far. The other part of that is, um, another, I guess I probably have, should have talked more about Casper's positives. Um, he is somebody who is all grit, all hustle, all heart. He has been described as somebody who would run through a wall for a win. And if that doesn't speak to what the Red Wings love in a player, I don't know what does. That That is an Iserman guy through and through. Iserman loves kids like that. And so he for sure will fit into the, uh, what's the culture that I think that they're trying to build. Um, he's also very young. He's only 18. So he's probably not going to be on this team next year. He probably won't even be in Grand Rapids next year. He will probably stay in the SHL, um, and continue to grow and work there and work closely with the overseas folks. Uh, but he is, is somebody who is slated to be someone who can really fit into the culture of this team. Um, you know, he's always the one that is playing dirty and playing gritty. He has said that he has modeled his play style after Matthew uh, to Chuck, which makes complete sense. Uh, so that's somebody that the Red Wings need, especially in our forward position. I think we have a lot of big guys coming up from the back end in, a, you know, in Edvinson, in Cider, obviously being there, but our, our center depth is non-existent at the moment. And so having another guy who is more of a speedy and slick, but also willing to play in those tough areas and kind of just muscle guys out of the way, I think is a good thing. We will see how it plays out. We'll also see how the rest of this draft um, shakes out. So far, it's been kind of a crazy one, but it's been a good one. And hopefully next week, we will have a little bit more of a, a well-rounded view, um, maybe some of the guys' opinions on what um, what they think about this. So thank you again all for listening. I know Corey gave this little spiel earlier, but feel free to, um, like, and subscribe and rate five stars and all those good things. And we will see you next week. Bye guys. Hey everybody. This is Noel. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the CNC replay. Please subscribe and rate us five stars as it really helps us out and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at CNC sports pod. We'll see you next week.